Welcome in, my fellow Big 12 champions, to the Big 12 Champion Podcast. Please bear with me. I'm your host, Travis Corley, and what a game. What a game. I cannot wait to dive a little bit deeper into it with you guys. The 12-win season, I mean, it is still possible. It is right there. I don't think we've ever had 12 wins in a season, and and it is right there in a matchup against Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, our second time going to the Sugar Bowl here in the last three years, and we've got a big 12 champion joining us today, former all-Big 12 linebacker Eddie Lackey is going to hop in and break down the game a little bit for us. Tell us all about what it means to to win a Big 12 championship. And could this be the best Baylor team of all time? Could be. Could be, especially if we get to this 12-win mark. So let's dive into it. Please bear with me. What's up? What is up? Thanks for bearing with me today. And I'll start off with this. I wrote uh, an article the other day, actually my first article of all time ever. Uh, there on Bears Illustrated about how there is a new bariff in town. Yeah, not not sheriff, bariff. Because your Baylor Bears have taken over the Big 12 taking it over. We knew with OU and UT leaving, it it, it opened that door for for a new top dog in this conference. And why not Baylor? Why not Baylor? And guys, I, I think we're already at the top. Never has any school in the history of the Big 12 simultaneously held a Big 12 championship in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. And I highlight those three sports because those are arguably the most popular sports within the Big 12. Baylor is now tied second in football in Big 12 titles with three along with Texas. The only other team with more is Oklahoma. And guess what? Now both of those teams are leaving. So as soon as they leave, Baylor will be the only remain will have the highest number of conference championships of the remaining schools in the Big 12. We're at the top. We're at the top in football. In men's basketball. It, you know, Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks, do we have the history that the Kansas Jayhawks have. No, absolutely not. Okay, absolutely not. Kansas, they've won outright or a share 
of 15 of the last 16 regular season titles until last year when your Baylor Bears won its first conference championship and then capped it off with a national championship, annihilating pretty much everyone in our path, including the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who everyone thought, you know, was saying might be one of the best college basketball teams of all time. But just ran into a buzzsaw in that national championship game against Baylor. We're at the top in men's basketball. We we have one of the best men's basketball programs in the nation. And we have, we're ranked number two in the nation now. We've got an awesome opportunity to win another Big 12 title. And honestly, a, a great opportunity. We've got the talent to make another Final Four and, and defend that national title. And since Bill Self, that's the Kansas uh, basketball head coach, since Bill Self took over in 2003, they have one national title. Scott Drew also took over for Baylor in 2003, and now the Bears have one national title. Women's basketball. We, we've dominated that for years, and that looks to continue. Three national titles, 11 straight Big 12 regular season titles. Nikki Collin is coming in. She just signed a top 20 player in the nation. She is going to keep that program rolling. Would not be shocked if we win another Big 12 title this year. Would not be shocked to find ourselves in another Final Four this year. Again, I say, never has a university held Big 12 titles in these three sports at the same time. And, tech, and if you want to get technical, these all happened in the same calendar year. It's never been done. And wow, I, I mean, I'm not sure if it will ever be done again because winning a conference championship is just that difficult in any sport and especially in these three. So I am excited, very excited about the future of Baylor, the future of the Big 12. You know, the future is very bright, very bright for the Baylor Bears. We're at the top of the conference right now. I 100% I believe that. I think it's going to continue. You know, are we going to win a conference championship every year? Probably not. But you better believe we're, we're going to be competing for one year in and year out. Let's dive into this Big 12 Championship recap. Your Baylor Bears winning their third conference championship with a final score of 21-16. All 21 of our points coming in that first half. I thought it was going to be a closer game score-wise. thought it was going to be like 24-21. to I didn't think any team would be able to get over 24 points. And hey, that's what we saw. 21 points was... Uh, was good enough. It was good enough. And we all knew, we all know how good our defense is when they're clicking. We all know that top gear that we can get into. And boy, were, were we clicking last Saturday. I mean, this was our best performance defensively 
of the year. And it came on one of the biggest stages. When the lights are brightest, our team showed up and pretty much dominated defensively. I mean, we had multiple individuals play the best games of their careers. And we'll get into individual performances later. But I mean, multiple guys playing, playing lights out on the biggest stage. Forced four interceptions as a team. Last When we faced them the first time, we forced three interceptions. And so, so we one-upped that and got four. Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State quarterback, threw 12 interceptions on the year, okay? Seven of those came against your Baylor Bears. Our rush defense, which was a little bit suspect against Texas Tech, and we all attributed that to um, a bunch of our players having the flu, which I think is fair. You know, I I don't like to make excuses. Um, I think that is a pretty valid excuse, though. And for those of us that were worried about our rush defense going into this game, um, they made us not worry. They made us not worry for sure. I, I think the flu, you know, after seeing our performance in this game, you can say that that was a big factor in, uh, in what our rush defense looked like against Texas Tech a, a few weeks ago. And we held this Oklahoma State team to 70 yards rushing on 40 carries. 40 carries. That's 1.8 yards per rush. Um, a, a huge reason why they were only able to score one touchdown. And I've given you guys the yards per rush stat a lot this year. I think it's a great stat to look at. And, uh, you know, if I'm thinking back now, just off the top of my head, I'm not sure if we've held a team under two yards per rush uh, this season. I know we've had people in the low two to two and a half range, but I'm not sure if we've held anyone under two. And to do that, again, when the lights are brightest in the Big 12 championship game, just fantastic to see. I mean, kind of unreal. Like, like I said, we, we knew how good our defense could be if everything was clicking. And man, <laughs> everything was clicking. A- another huge reason that they only scored one touchdown, goal line defense. Goal line defense for your Baylor Bears. They were three times in goal to go situations and we forced a field goal. And then, of course, on the fourth time, the McPlay, when we stopped them to win the game, not giving them any points. And offensively for us, we scored 21 points there in the first half. The second half, didn't score, but I think most of us believed if we were able to score over 20, you know, 21, 24, um, we had a good chance to win, which we did. And the offensive game plan, I mean, Grimes, Bell, Mateos, Juice, whoever else is on that offensive coaching staff that I'm not pointing out, a brilliant game plan. I mean, we really came out and did something completely different than what we did against Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Instead of trying to just run the ball down their throats, we came out throwing shorter passes to set up our second and third and manageable. And to come out and do that with a 
red shirt backup freshman quarterback is just pretty insane. It's pretty insane because you would, in this day and age of college football, you, you really don't see coaches trust their backups as much as Grimes and Bell trusted Shapin to come out with this game plan. You know, Shapin came out in his second start. Second start, okay, this is only his third game to ever play. Well, he's played earlier in the season, but you guys get what I'm saying. His, his third time playing competitive minutes. 17 straight completions to start the game. And that was the best in the nation this year. Best in the nation this year. It, 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 uh, you know, it gives me flashes of when, uh, you know, RG3's Heisman year, when he, I think like through two or three games had more touchdowns than he did in completions. And right there before the half, uh, shaping through like three or four incompletions right there before the half, just cause we were giving guys shots, uh, at the end zone, uh, on in one-on-one coverage. But but up until that last drive uh, before the half, Shapin had more touchdowns than he did in completions. It, it, just an insane game from Blake Shapin. And I have been telling you guys for, for weeks now, we can win a Big 12 championship with Blake Shapin at quarterback. That's exactly what we did. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn. A little bit here. I had a lot of confidence in Blake Shapin. Paul Catalina, I'll say it again, came on before the season started. He thought Shapin was eventually going to be the starter. Blake Shapin won us Big 12 championship. Actually ended up being the most outstanding player. We'll get into that later. But man, an outstanding uh, game plan there from Grimes and an outstanding play by Blake Shapin and Ebner. I mean, we <laughs> we kind of tried to give these guys the game here. Ebner fumbles on our first drive, and I did not feel very confident after that because I, it really could have buried us. Uh, you know, remember in Stillwater, we we all talk about the Bryce Petty trip. You know, we never recovered from that, and I was really scared that that was going to happen here. That we were not going to recover from that. But this team is gritty. This team is strong. This, this team has faced adversity throughout the year and have come through it more times than they haven't. And this game, again, we did. We, went, we, we came through the adversity and we pulled off the win. So really, really a credit to, God, the whole team. Um, we really tried to hand them this game. And came out on top, came out on top. Credit Grimes, credit Bell, credit Shapin. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. What a fantastic game. And I was seeing the TV ratings for the game. We had the, the uh, we didn't have the highest, but we had more than the uh, ACC, more than the AAC, more than the Big Ten. No, excuse me, the Pac-12. Um, so. If you're worried about the Big 12 going anywhere, if you're worried about <laughs> OU and UT carrying the conference, you know, I think that went out the window this past weekend. 
Um, it was the best conference championship game of the weekend by far. I mean, I don't think any of the other games were were close. So, hey, Big, big 12's here to stay, and your Baylor Bears are conference champions. Let's talk about a few plays individually. The fourth and one that we didn't convert there in the second half. I came on here last week. I said we should have kicked the field goal against Texas Tech. I stand by that. I'm, I'm pretty much alone on an island when it came to that decision. Looking at the reaction uh, last week from everyone's opinions on that, but I'm, I'm standing strong with it. Still think we should have kicked that field goal. And here on fourth and one in the second half, up 21 to six. At this point, we have three interceptions. Oklahoma State isn't doing anything offensively. We've got one of the best punters in the nation in Isaac Power. I mean, to, to end the game there, his last punt boomed a 61-yarder. And I know Oklahoma State ended up driving and getting a, you know a first, second, third, and fourth in goal, as we all know. But hey. 61-yard punt there in the in a crucial moment of the game was was huge. So yeah, fourth and one, up 15 with Oklahoma State not being able to do really anything offensively. You punt the ball. You punt the ball. You know, if it was closer to midfield to for our 45-yard line, the 50, their 45-yard line, okay, yeah, that's what we've done all year for sure. But this was, this was at our own 36. We had all the momentum. It gave them the ball basically 10 yards from the red zone. And hey, this, this resulted in their only touchdown of the game. A huge momentum shift. Put them right back in the game. Just like that. Just like that. And I'll point back to a few plays there in the first half. We had a fourth and one from our own from our own 30. We punted. We had a fourth and two from our own 39. We punted. Why was this one different? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So yeah, fourth and one, thought we should have punted. Did it end up mattering in the end? No. But I can guarantee you, had we lost this game, many many folks would have been questioning that decision. I'm certainly questioning it right here. I'm glad that it didn't matter. Um, but hey, those are my thoughts. Well, welcome to my thoughts. Last play I want to talk about here, the Mick play. Yeah, we all know it, the Mick play. And shout out to Coach Nice for coming up with the name. Got to give you a, a huge shout out there. I sent a tweet out after the game saying that this is such a huge play that we've got to come up with a, a name for this play. A name for it. I said the Vic McVeigh play just because I uh, the creative thoughts weren't, weren't rolling at that point for me. But man, Coach Nice in the comments there came out with a absolutely perfect name for the play. And so, henceforth, will be called the McPlay. And I've seen many other people refer to it as the McPlay. And so it's catching on, and I love it. I absolutely love it. 
Jaron McVay, the best game of his long career here at Baylor. I didn't know he was a former walk-on. I mean, that just adds to the story of this play. He earned a scholarship there in 2019. And, and what an amazing play. The, the middle gets clogged up. So the running back, he bounces it outside. It's a race to the pylon. And McVeigh is right there. He matches him step for step, makes the play. It forces the Oklahoma player six inches short of the goal line for us to clinch the Big 12 title. And, we, and yeah, I, I'm going to talk to Eddie Lackey about that play here in a little bit, but that has just got to be one of the toughest plays to make. How, how many times do we see a running back receiver, whoever it is, bounce it outside and they're able to get the edge on the defender and, and make it and dive for that, that corner pylon? I mean, I, I would say that more times than not, the player gets into the end zone, but not this time. Not this time. We all hear the phrase, football is a game of inches. And, and this game was literally a game of inches. Every single inch in this game had to be earned. And Oklahoma State, they did not earn those last six inches. Jaron McVeigh and the Baylor Bears did. And I think I've watched the McPlay at least a thousand times now, and it's going to be a thousand more this next week. This will go down as one of the most famous, if not the most famous, play in Baylor football history. Just given the stakes that were on the line, this is going to be side-by-side side there with the RG3 pass to Terrence Williams to beat OU. It's going to be right up there with the Sean Bell pass to Dominique Ziegler to beat A&M. But when you think about the stakes that were on the line in this game and what that play meant for this program, I know the RG3 pass is basically what won him the Heisman, but this, this won us a big 12 title a team award a team award so yeah that that's certainly open for debate there but what's not up for debate is this is easily one of the top three plays in all of baylor football history the mcplay Let's talk some individual performances here. Start with that offense. Blake Shapin, 23 of 28, 180 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think I was mostly worried about him going up the speed uh, against the speed of that Oklahoma State defense. Was worried that maybe he might not take care of the ball, but he certainly did that. I mean, 82% completion. No interceptions, didn't give the ball up to Oklahoma State. And I tweeted, I even tweeted this before the game. Whoever was going to win the turnover battle was going to win the game. And your Baylor Bears did that. Four, four interceptions. Uh, we had the two fumbles, but hey, four to two, and we ended up winning the game. The play fake 
um, on the touchdown pass to Sims was beautiful. Chef's kiss. I mean, he was so nonchalant about it. And watching on TV, I honestly thought the, the, the play was called dead. So to, to fake me out on TV just tells you how good of a fake it was. And, you know, is able to uh, not uh, shake in the face of that pressure and lofts it up to a wide open Ben Sims. And Ben Sims just uh, continues his amazing season. Um, easily the best season a tight end has ever had in Baylor history. Um, catching one touchdown. And then Thornton caught a touchdown. And also Estrada caught a touchdown. And that's where our 21 points came from. Defensively, our best defensive performance of the year, I'll say it again, and maybe ever, maybe the best defensive performance in Baylor football history. I'm going to ask Eddie Lackey a little bit more about that as well, get his thoughts on that. But individually on the defense, Bernard, he led the team with 10 tackles, go figure, half a sack, half a tackle for loss. Petrie, seven tackles. Two tackles for loss, two passes defended. Apu, right there in the middle. Three solo tackles, a half a sack. He led the team with two and a half tackles for loss. He clogged up that middle all day. 1.8 yards per rush. Remember, guys, a, a huge part of that is, is Apu right there in the middle. And Gundy even said after the game that they had trouble with him up in the middle. And it is hard to fill that stat sheet as a defensive tackle, okay? Because you are so, your job is basically just to take on double teams and and free up the linebackers. And Apu certainly did that. And when you see a defensive tackle fill up that stat sheet, I mean, you you definitely know they had a good game. I, I remember, <clears throat> oh man, I'm blanking on his name now. Golly, I can't even think. Wow, brain fart. Bravian Roy. There we go. He, he, it reminded me of Bravian Roy in 2019 where he was just having these monster stat games and I was just like, God, so difficult to do that from, from that position and to see Apu do that again when the lights are brightest was just so awesome to see. And I don't know if y'all saw his uh, pregame attire when he came out, but it was, it was so awesome. I mean, just so awesome. I, I encourage you to go look up <laughs> what he was wearing pregame. Um, continuing on here, though, Ogbenaya and Franklin on the defensive line, they both had half a sack, both had half a tackle for loss. And then Woods, uh, Matt Jones, Utley, McVeigh, they all had interceptions on that four interception day from, uh, from Spencer Sanders. And your oh-so-good player of the game. I know Blake Shapin won most outstanding player, but I think that is only because this player was not able to be picked as most outstanding player. Not able to be voted for. Jaron McVeigh. The best game of his Baylor career. Nine tackles. Eight of them solo one pass defended, one QB hurry, one interception. He was making plays for us all game. 
flying around that field. I tweeted out two individual plays that he made that I thought were huge for us. He made the hit that popped the ball up when Utley got his interception. And then of course, the McPlay, which sealed the deal for Baylor's third conference championship. Your oh so good player of the game, Jaron McVay. And now let's welcome former Baylor linebacker, Eddie Lackey. So let's welcome Big 12 champion and all Big 12 linebacker, Eddie Lackey. Congrats on the Big 12 championship and thanks for joining us. Yeah, how about that? Sick and bears, baby. I appreciate you having me on today. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. I'm excited to dive into this and, and talk about some uh, specific plays. Um, before we get into that Big 12 championship game, though, you won one of those of your own. And Tuesday was actually the anniversary of that game, of Case Closed, of the Ice Fog. I mean, what a wild game. What was, would you say, the most memorable part of that day of that game for you? Oh man, it's probably the, the easy one to be crazy. I got a lot of stuff for wearing long sleeves that game too, even though it was <laughs> extremely cold. Um, but, you know, as far as what, you know, just sticks in, in my mind, I, I just won't forget being there on that stage after, after getting the W and holding that trophy up in the air. Cause I just remember throughout that whole season, you know, we, we, every time we broke out on, you know, from the beginning of our off-season workouts till, I mean, that morning, you know, when we're, we're breaking out of meetings and stuff, everything was one, two, three, Big 12 champs. You know, it was always Big 12 champs. And to be sitting there holding that trophy up above, you know, above our heads and, and just seeing everybody there and, and shutting down the, the case. And that was, you know, it's just an incredible experience. And I'll always remember that. For sure. I'll, I'll certainly remember it too, man. I was, I was right there in the stands, right there on the field when, when they shut all the lights off, which I thought was just a, a really cool moment and a really cool, just like visual cue that like, Hey man, that was, that was it. That was case closed. Did I, it make it a little bit sweeter that was, it was against the Longhorns? <laughs> you bet. Absolutely. <laughs> so before going out, you know, coach, coach Browse had said, um, and said, oh, you know, let's go get this thing done because somebody out in the stands just behind us, I think they yelled in the score. Nobody really knew the score of like Oklahoma State game That's or anything right. like that. And obviously there are some implications there on, on whether or not we'd be the outright champs or there would be a share. I think it was with Oklahoma State. Um, so I just remember, you know, I get chills to this day thinking about running out, you know, for senior day and, and hearing that and, and just like – let's go get this thing, you know, let's Man. be the outright champs. And yeah, you know, that's, that's what we ended up doing. So heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and now playing in a game when it's that cold, what is it, what's it like hitting people when it's cold? Is it that, is it that <laughs> much, that much harder? It, yeah. It, it, I mean, it stings. Like <laughs> it's hard to explain, you know, if you haven't had a stinger before with your shoulder or, you know, it's, it's, it hurts. It hurts, you know, to, to say the least. And uh, you feel it to the to the core of your bone, you know, and and you just don't have much time to think about it. Thankfully, right. adrenaline is, uh, you know, something that, that that keeps you going. And 
your adrenaline goes low and, and you're not staying warm, you know, internally, then gosh, it's just, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. And now you are a aficionado there at the linebacker position. What, what would you say makes Terrell Bernard such a good linebacker? What makes him so oh, effective? Man. There's a lot, you know, he, he just does, he does everything very well. I think some stuff that sticks out to me in particular, you know, he, he doesn't waste a lot of steps. He's, uh, you know, he's very technically sound, you know, with his footwork. And um, to go along with that, he's got great vision. So when you put those two together and, and you got great in- instincts, I mean, the sky is the limit, you know, with his with, with his physique overall, you know, he, he's got the, he's got the intangible, he's got all those things that, that you look for. And, um, you know, he's, he's been able to do amazing things, you know, having that ability, having that tenacity to go in and and sniff out these plays. That's why you see him in the backfield, you know, so often. And, you know, it's just really cool to see that because, he, he seems to come up with the, with the big plays when you need them. And, uh, and I think that's what, you know, not to segue into this big 12 championship game last weekend, but like he really, I believe that he made a big difference being in the game as opposed to the first time we played Oklahoma state, you know, last, last week or, you know, earlier in the yeah, season. Yeah. So I think, I think it was, it, it just kind of showed, you know, and that gives you just a little bit more confidence, you know, knowing that you, you've got someone like him holding it down and, and calling the plays and, and uh, you, you don't have to worry about a guy like that, you know, being, being out of place. So yeah, yeah it's, a, no, it's a great thing. No kidding. And no, that's, that's a great transition there in, into this big 12 title game. Um, what, what was the atmosphere like? I know you were there. I heard there was like maybe three to one ratio of pokes to bears fans, but what was that atmosphere <laughs> like, man? Wow. It was, uh, the atmosphere was amazing. You know, you were asking about the 2013 champ, yeah. you know, champ, it wasn't a championship game technically, but we made it that, um, for sure. And I think that's what, it's just so cool to have that be declared. This is a championship game and, and just knowing that you're going into it and just, so the, the atmosphere was phenomenal. It was, it was really cool. Um, you know, I was with, you know, one of my best friends, Bryce Petty, and also with uh, Andrew Furking, who also played at Baylor too. And we, we were in a suite right behind the, the uh, Oklahoma State student section. Oh, and the awesome. Oklahoma State band wasn't far, you know, in, in yes. that same corner. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, to get the game going the way that we did, you know, scored yeah. a lot of points. And, and uh, you know, we, we were getting after each other. And it, it was all in good fun. You know, you For had sure. about – we maybe had one very, very serious person, you know, that was there. Cause you know, we'd give them credit where it was due, you For know, sure. when we were up there and For sure. you should, and that's why college football is so fun. And yeah, you know, you just always have one or two of those guys that are, that are, that are going to take it a little oh, bit more sure. serious. So for sure. there's always, was, uh, it, yeah. So it was a good, always good that experience. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. So, you know, especially on like, uh, pass interference calls or something like that, that this, this particular person kept turning around and, you know, he, he had a lot more to say than, Oh, I'm sure, you know, 
than what should have been. (laughs) I'm sure that, you know, sometimes it makes the game a a little bit more fun though, and a little bit more sweeter at the end. Cause you're, you know, at the end, you're just kind of looking around for them and they're just like, you know, covering their eyes. Like, "Ah, I'm not, I'm not looking back now. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) it definitely helped that we were behind them, you know, that we were, you know, we, we had the, the upper hand there, but it was, the atmosphere was just, it was so fun. And, and, the Oklahoma State people were great, you know, overall. Just we enjoyed we enjoyed it. And, you know, I think uh we represented the Big 12 very well. And and even looking so at too. some of the the you know the the viewing statistics, you know, I think it was it was really cool just to see where where our game sat in comparison to even you know some of the other conferences. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I mean I think that that just kind of speaks to you know the the Big 12 in general and it's exciting football. So it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I think that's an excellent point. You know, I think the main narrative since OU and UT announced they were leaving was, Oh, like we've been carrying the big 12 for years now. Like, what are y'all going to do without us? Well, I think we just saw what we're going to do without you. I I think the big 12 is in, is in good hands. Um, Absolutely. what, What really stood out to you about that title game though? Like when you think back to what really stood out to you? You know, defense, our defense just played off the charts. I think, you know, to come come away with so many turnovers, um, I think that was that was so big. I mean, we, we came up with, uh, gosh, was it four interceptions? Four, yep, four interceptions. Um, I mean, that's that's fantastic. And to, to just be in the backfield as often as we were and, you know, we put them in some bad situations. And I think – I think if um, if anything, that's what jumps off the chart to me. And, and of course, Blake Shapin, I mean, how can you not acknowledge his, <laughs> was it, did he go 17 for 17? 17. And it was like three touch or two touchdowns, three touchdowns, something like that. Yep. It's to just start like, the game, yep. holy cow, you know, and I just remember Bryce, you know, Bryce Petty, he, uh, he taps me on the shoulder and, you know, he had the stats on his phone and stuff. And he, <laughs> he just kind of gave me this wide eyed look and mouth open, just like, and he showed me that 17 for 17 and just like, I mean, like he's just been doing it his whole life, you know, right. like a, just a veteran and, and been in the championships game, championship uh, games before and a power five, you know, it's just, it, it's amazing the kind of composure that he showed for just his second start, you know, and just, just awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And you talked about that defensive performance. I mean, that first time we played him, I think you mentioned it earlier, missing Bernard the first time we played him, I think it really hurt us. Cause I think they ended up with, I think they ended up with over 200 rushing yards on us. This game, we held them to 70 yards rushing on 40 carries, 40 carries. Okay. So that's (laughs) 1.8 yards per rush. And so I kind of mentioned this earlier in the podcast and I want to get your thoughts. Do you, do you think this was the best defensive performance Baylor has ever had? I'd be willing to say that, especially with the circumstance, um, given what that offense had done. Oklahoma State's offense had done throughout the whole year um, and what they've proven in what kind of points they had put on people and, and just their consistent, their consistency week in and week out. I think collectively our defense just, I mean, we were hitting on, on all cylinders, you yeah. know, and um, that's not to say it was a mistake-free game. Um, that's just how it goes. I mean, it's football and, um, but gosh, it, to, to, to play the way they did and, and to be as, assignment sound as they were um it was just a great team effort there wasn't just one person that was just carrying the load I mean you could name 
game, many, many guys that were just huge impact players in that game. And so I think collectively as a, as a defense, that was, um, that was, yeah, I think that'd be a worthy title of right you know, on up there defensive performance. So, yeah. 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 And uh, you, you, Hey, you mentioned, you know, it, it's football. It's never going to be mistake free, but Hey, mm. Baylor held them to three field goals in three goal to go situations. And let's transition now to that fourth goal to go yeah. situation. We've named yeah. it the McPlay. The McPlay. The McPlay. <laughs> Jaron McVay may, makes the play maybe of all time in Baylor history. Yeah. Um, when you look at just that play specifically, how how difficult is it to make that play like that? Well, that's what I was, you know, I, I, I was sitting here thinking like, you know, because I figured we would be chatting about this a little oh, bit. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not huge in the coming out with the percentages of, you know, this and that, but like, you got to think the percentage of that play, you know, when that, when the running back busts it for the corner and he's got that much space, you know, the, the percentage of us as in a linebacker or, or anybody on the field, being able to have the right angle to be able to make the tackle, you know, he's within the two yards of the end zone. Um, you got to think, you know, just percentage wise, just if, if you just reached out, you know, getting tackled, it had to just be the perfect angle. It had to be the perfect, you know, just enough to, to slow them up. And I, I think um, something always rings true that I always think of with, with football is football is a game of angles. The angle that you take is obviously very important and it can be the difference in the game. And obviously he chose the perfect angle he chose you know he 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 grabbed onto him just enough and um I think just when you break it down I, I think that um you watch that play anywhere else or you know I, I don't want to say he wouldn't do that again because I do I believe in him he's got wheels on him <laughs> yeah, my goodness. No kidding. and he's very instinctive <laughs> as well but I think um you know I, I'd be lying if I said oh, you know my I, I had to put my head down a little bit. Not that I was, it was in defeat, but it was just like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Because when I saw that running back bust it, we were on the complete opposite corner. I'm not sure if you saw my video on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah, I did. We were on the complete opposite corner of where that was going on. And from our angle, you know, I didn't get locked into the TV screen or anything up above. I was just looking at it on the field. It looked like he had the corner, you know, from as far as we were, we were in our suite, we were like, oh man. And then, watching my video the Oklahoma State fans thought the same thing they're yes. freaking out they're like yes. you know going going bon I mean they're going wild um so to see that change you know we didn't even know that he didn't get there until we saw our our fans and our players sprinting you know celebrating right. jumping right you know we all just kind of thought in our suite is like Oh man, like we came down to the very end right. and lost on, you know, on pretty much the last play. And so it, it was such a, a huge swing of emotions so quickly, you know, it, it just so much packed into that, you know, how many seconds would you say 20, 20 seconds, you know, yeah, from the yeah. time that the ball was snapped and, you know, probably even less than that, but just so many emotions going through your mind. And, and uh, you know, I just can't say, enough good things about, you know, uh, about him, you know, making that angle just, just perfectly. And 
it's it, it's definitely the best play you know in Baylor history considering the yeah the, the circumstance and and you know what was on the line and and uh you know we just wanted to make it exciting is the way I look at it <laughs> you know we wanted an exciting finish you know we we wanted to win throughout the whole game and, and let them back in, you know, and, and, you know, it's it all part of the plan. It's just, it is part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad so. you said that because I, I think I'm right there with you and, and I'm glad that you're agreeing with me because I think if you were to look back at plays like that, where the running back bounces it outside and mm-hmm. someone's got to, you know, run horizontally and have that good angle, I would say more times yeah. than not the running back, is going to win that battle. Yep. And so <laughs> I've been there and I've been scored on in that situation many times. So um, I'm sure coach Bennett, yeah, he could probably tell you many times that that, that happened, you know, if it wasn't in the game, it was during practice. It's oh, just man. the percentage on that play in general is just, you know, you yeah. got to think it's so high for the running back to, to get the edge, get the corner or just cut it up. You know, yeah. one of those, one of, one of those two things. So for sure. He was just out there on an island and he made a play and now he's going to be a, a legend for for his, forever, you know, forever, forever in, man. in Baylor history. Forever, so, forever, for sure. Yeah. Like like we mentioned earlier, you, you've got the experience of winning a Big 12 title. You know what that does for the program and seeing what what Baylor has had to come back from here in the last couple of years. What is winning this Big 12 title? What What does it mean for this program moving forward, would you say? Oh, man. Well, I, I, obviously it means a lot. I think that um, it, it definitely, it shows how much like, if we just talk about last year to this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love just what Coach Aranda has done. And in anything, like you think of business, business isn't going well, you've got you've to pivot and, and make an adjustment and call an audible. You got to do things to adjust and, and he made just, you could, I mean, it's a reflection on the field and, and the culture that he's, he's built, but overall between in the, the chain um, and, and built this, this program, you know, that he's wanted to, to, to put in place um, just in, just in that small of a time frame, and to be big 12 champs. I think it's just huge. Um, it's huge for, for him. It's obviously huge for Baylor, um, but it, it, it's just, it, it, it does show what, what having a, a really good coach can do for you. Um, it's a player's game at the end of the day. The players got to be out there and make the plays. And, and we've got those guys. And I think, um, I think what's important, you know, and what I, what I mentioned the other day just on Twitter is, uh, is development of, of players. And when you can develop guys, I think, um, I think that's a recruiting tool in itself. I think, yeah. you know, bigger picture, these recruits, you know, maybe it's not just these big 12 titles, you know, that they're looking at and, and other things. I mean, obviously we've got other stuff to factor in NIL and, and all of that. But when you show that you can develop players and put them in the situations to make these plays and, and, and win, it, it just goes a long ways with recruitment um, and obviously wins and losses and um, having that culture is, is important. So, uh, it, it does a lot more than just, you know, the, the pride factor of, you know, Baylor alum and, you know, fans and, um, you know, that, but it also helps with recruiting. It helps with, um, you know, just building our program. You yeah. Know, so. yeah, no kidding. And I'll, uh, 
Last question here. I, I want to get your thoughts. Now we, we spoke about OU and UT, you know, leaving the conference here. It, it really opens the door here for, for a top dog in this conference. Why not Baylor? Why not? I, I, I don't see a reason why we couldn't, you know, I think, uh, I think we're in a great spot. I think we've got some great guys, you know, I don't want to fast forward to next year or the yeah. following years, but I think we've got some great guys coming back next year. I think that, um, you know, with, with coach Aranda, you know, staying at Baylor and, oh, yeah. and you know, the, the way, you know, the way that our, our, um, you know, everything is set up right now. I, I just, I, I don't see how we, how we couldn't. Yeah. I'm right you know, there with be you. The, the top dog going into next season, but you know, we will probably still be, uh, you know, those, those funny preseason rankings will probably be down at number eight or seven or something like that. You know, that's just, it's inevitable. That's how it goes, but we always play better with the, with the underdog role, right. you know? So right. I agree with you there. Fine. <laughs> I agree with you there. Um, yeah. Well, Eddie, so. hey, I, I appreciate you being with us. Is there anything else you got for us before, uh, before I let you go here? No, I, I mean, I, it's just a, an amazing time to be a Baylor bear. And I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that I can make it out to, to, New Orleans, you know, to get out there for the game. If if not, you can you can bet that I'll be recruiting a bunch of my my other buddies <laughs> here in, in Abilene, Texas, to have a big watch party and and going crazy. So, um, you know, it's just again just such a, a great time to be a Baylor Bear and um, excited for what's ahead and in our future. For sure, for sure. Well, hey Eddie, once once a Baylor Bear, always a Baylor Bear. You. Uh, yep. You were a part of a, of a team that really helped build this program. And so, you know, this Big 12 championship, I think, is is yours just as much as it is any other player. So we certainly thank you for for playing for Baylor, for coming to Waco. And we certainly thank you for, for bearing with us today on, on the podcast. Oh, yeah, you bet. It was a great time. And, you know, I'll cherish those memories forever. And uh, thank you so much for having me on today, Travis. Man, that was awesome. It was good to pick a former linebacker's mind on that final play, on the McPlay. Uh, what, what a difficult play to make. And Eddie, thank you for coming on and, and bearing with us. Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Wear gold. It looks great on TV. You know, the orange looked great in regards to the Oklahoma State fans last weekend. Baylor this time is giving you ample time to find gold to wear gold and look I know it's not our favorite color to wear as fans but geez does does it look good on TV January 1st Ole Miss a chance to get to 12 wins sick of bears The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.